Welcome to the Smoke and Rope Podcast, the show that brings together Michigan's top cannabis growers, advocates, and business owners to offer a fresh and honest perspective of Michigan's cannabis industry. Stick with us to get the lowdown from the people who have been on the ground floor of cannabis business in Michigan and gain insights into where the industry may be heading. Welcome to the Smoke and Rope Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Baser, episode... Uh, 111. Really excited to be back on after a much needed vacation. Thanks for holding it down, fellas. And um, we're going to jump right in it today. Um, saying hello to Kevin and Nate. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. But today on the show, we've got the, you know, maybe the most guests we've ever had. This is your fourth or fifth time, uh, Jamie Lowell and also uh, uh, Chris Silva. Thanks for both being on the show. Thank you. Awesome. Great show. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Uh, Chris, we'll give you a little longer introduction, uh, but first, I know Jamie, as you can see, he's uh, he's got a very uh, tight schedule, and we wanted to have him on, and everyone that's listened to the show kind of knows Jamie, well, should know Jamie's background. Um, as Tim Beck says, Google him if you don't. Um, <laughs> legendary activist. But uh, Jamie, we, we wanted to get an update from you on the Michigan State Police testing. I guess the only other ways to say it is scandal. Um, yeah. and, and get that update. And it, I, I think about all the people it's affected, um, really affected my brother-in-law in my case even. So anyways, go ahead. I know. Yeah, so I mean, uh, just, to, just to get people up to date real quick, the state police a few days, about a week ago, came out and said, hey, we, we're detecting uh, some problems with uh, the testing and we might not be able to, to differentiate cannabinoids. And uh, CBD might be giving us false positives for THC. Um, in the past, going you know uh, back a few years, the no tolerance laws and stuff, just being able to determine that cannabis was there, which could be done by the presence of CBD, uh, was all they really needed. Um, but with new laws, obviously that becomes a little bit more tricky. A lot of defense lawyers have been challenging them on this for a long time, saying that uh, the, the process is inadequate for making this distinction and it's really important. Um, and uh, so we awaited until last night or today, more information from the lab to determine, you know, why, uh, you know, they found this problem and what the issue is and what they're doing about it. And the, the letter tries to sugarcoat things, but it clearly um, admits that at least going back to 2019, when hemp was made legal, that there have been problems with this test. And all those cases are now affected. Um, so that's just by their admission. In reality, I would think it has to go back many more years, at least until 2008, when just CBD was available and legal. They try to claim in this letter that CBD became legal in 2019, um, <laughs> but that's not necessarily true. And so those false positives for CBD would, would be affected way before 2019. What, what they kind of are, I think, more referring to could be the case that really prompted this, and we don't know for sure, but Michael Camorn, um, uh, attorney, a really good friend of mine, uh, got one of the lab representatives on the stand and got them to admit that they cannot tell the difference between THC that is a controlled substance and THC that is not a controlled substance. That now throws into question uh, itself these uh, results. Meaning, if the THC came from legal hemp, either by the product itself or, you know, through a conversion oil or something, that's perfectly legal. It's not a controlled substance. 
and you cannot mm -hmm. tell the difference by the test. So th that's an important factor. But then the, the, the talking points from the MSP has been purely about not being able to tell the difference between CBD and, and THC. So that now goes beyond 2019 to when people were isolating CBD for products after the medical marijuana law passed. So that's where we are right now. They still haven't like said what necessarily prompted them to do it, except for kind of realizing that the, you know, that the, that the process might not be good enough to make this distinction and that they didn't really care about it that much because they never really had to make this distinction until 2019 as they now uh, agree. Uh, so that's where we are. I do know that uh, Michael Camorra's in a hearing today in which overlaps into lab or into the state police lab stuff. And he's got people there on the stand and he's finding out that uh, some of these individuals <laughs> have conducted several thousands of these tests. Oh, man. Since, since they've been working at the lab. I mean, this could be huge. And the fact that they just admit to 2019 there being a problem, that's automatic. I mean, imagine how much, you know, activity there's been even since then. But... Uh, you know, they're going to argue that it goes back further. Well, what we'd like to see, and I, or, or I think many of us would like to see, and I've started some conversations with some lawmakers, is uh, a way, a mechanism in place to address this and to simultaneously get whoever might still be in jail. This is mainly about driving. There, there's there's some things that go outside, the blood test that, that would go outside yeah. the cannabis of driving, but mainly driving. Uh, so there could be people imprisoned right now. And uh, there's certainly people that have this this mar on their record, and the evidence was the blood tests that they admit you know are not reliable. So, what comes of this, and how big this turns out to be, you know, is yet to be seen. But we can see you know that it has the potential to be just a sensationally huge thing. So, Jamie, talking about you, it a lot this week. You'd mentioned that this may go back as far as 08. Um, what are the chances that that some of the the same people that are running this crooked lab here testing our marijuana were involved in the initiation of this type of protocol and were fully aware that they weren't able to differentiate. Yeah, I, I think that uh, it's it's quite possible that there will be cases in which the defense lawyer or the lawyers bringing suit with their clients will describe that there's no possible way that they could not have known that there was this issue for a very long period of time and that could then set the stage for like things like malicious prosecution and you know and things like that so that's a possibility too they say they didn't know that they really care that they doing this out of quote in abundance of caution uh they this whole most recent uh you know uh, explanation is very sugar coaty but it's also clear that they admit that uh that there's a huge problem here and uh you know if they admit this i just i'm just kind of just saying you know we don't know yet but if they're admitting this much i i immediately assume it, it's much worse than what they're agreeing to on the surface right you know put it that Not way and that will get uncovered you know either by hopefully legislation comes in that can help a lot of people at once if not a lot of cases individually will be uh, taking their shot at, re at reopening re-examining things hopefully getting stuff thrown out and you know, all that kind of stuff, but uh, hopefully some legislation, if this really is as sensational as it seems, could come in and help solve some issues in one fell swoop. But we'll we'll see. I'm going to try to find out how many people may may be jailed or imprisoned right now over something like Man, this. And uh, that that'd be huge, Jamie. I actually uh, yeah. channel six in Lansing uh, doing an interview uh, with me on Friday, it'll be on the news and they reached out and uh, they want to talk about people in jail and it has nothing to do with this still for marijuana and 
kind of a little bit of my story, but man, this, uh, what a good topic. I'll be following back up with you Friday morning to see where we stand because uh, what a mess, what a mess. But uh, Kevin gave a great question. Thank you, Jamie. I know uh, you're welcome to stay as long as you want. Uh, I know you got uh, some important stuff to handle. So, um, you know, we appreciate you coming on and giving the update. But that kind of transitions nicely into uh, introducing uh, uh, Chris Silva. Um, long list. I first uh, first met Chris in 2015. I was fresh out of uh, fresh out of uh, prison, and um, he was. Uh, I was helping with the MI Legalize campaign, and Chris was the uh, director, the first one. So uh, hit it off. Did a lot of work with uh, me, Chris, Nick Sattel, and uh, uh, up at Jeff Hanks' office overlooking the Capitol. Was, uh, look back on those days fondly, um, but. Um, you know, after that, Chris uh, decided to, to quit that line of work and jump full full force into marijuana early on to get the experience and the foresight to be able to do what he's doing now. And, you know, that was with kind provisioning and then uh, homegrown uh, as well early on. And then uh, consulting, license writing, uh, you've won some big licenses, didn't get necessarily credit for them, but you've, you've got some very competitive licenses. Um, maybe even dabbled in a little real estate. I don't want to talk about that, though. I know, uh, just kidding. Um, but we, we've we've done a lot of a lot of work together. And then I was just thinking about having you and Jamie on the show, and he's gone. But you know, um, from about 16, 2016 or to two thousand eighteen nineteen, um, I was up at six a.m. Uh, now that I have a, a son, it's a little different, but. I could always call Chris at 6 a.m. and Jamie Lowell at 6 a.m. and we would uh, find out what was going on in the industry and get get pumped up for uh, a day of work when we're out there hustling, uh, you know, when people like us were kind of shut out of the industry. So moving forward, uh, Chris is uh, full time with uh, with Redemption Cannabis and it's gone incredible, does uh, does sales, but does also a lot of uh, um, other things, consults on on the point of view of a dispensary and gives a lot of insight. Uh, but um, started the podcast Chad Watch uh, with, uh, with Kyle Miller, who's also with Redemption now. And that's turned into uh, something uh, that we want to kick off and have you talk about. You're kind of, you're on fire. Uh, just had the, uh, the Metro Times article come out. And uh, why don't you explain what the, uh, the campaign's about? Um, where it came, how, how it was done, the reaction, and then, you know, it does play into uh, the, this whole various situation as well. Yeah, sure, man. Um, thank you. That was a very, very nice introduction. Very kind. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, Chad Watch basically is kind of like American Greed is how I describe it. The TV show American Greed, um, but just 100%, you know, cannabis focused. And so our our big deal with that is to try to talk about the bad actors and the bad practices. And a lot of it, I think, is is to the consumer's detriment. People don't really know about it. Um, and then I also strongly believe that a lot of these these things that these, you know, chads are doing and stuff, like, it's bad for the consumer, but I think it's also bad for, for all of us and the kind of constituencies that we represent, kind of like the mom and pop operators and, uh, you know, the, the small, proverbial small business owners. I think that a lot of the the bad practices they do and their low attention to quality and just kind of like that kind of culture of shit is bad for the people that are doing it right. Um, so wanted to have the show to talk about it. And uh, yeah, so I guess what you're referring to is, uh, as everybody probably knows, like Andrew Brisbo, he, uh, you know, quit uh, his position 
and uh, me and Nate were talking about it up at the MICIA, and we were like, man, I wonder who's gonna who's gonna do that. And I just looked to him and was like, bro, I am. I, I like I I got this. Like, let's just uh, let's let's pop it off and do it. And then like uh, we just kind of started talking about it more and more. And you know what's nuts is Nate and I both have a particular set of. Uh, political skills you know and we were oh, able to, yeah. to, like <laughs> to liam, kind of liam like, neat you sound like liam yeah, yeah i had a particular set of troll skills you know like uh, <laughs> <laughs> developing for decades for just this you know yeah just this this one great intersection of, of marijuana and politics but it's here oh, yeah. um yeah. and then so that's kind of the, the the deal and like if anybody who doesn't know me you know, I love working for campaigns and shit that probably will never happen. You know, like I was like the 08 Ralph Nader guy in Michigan, you know, like, <laughs> if voted, like if you voted for Jill Stein in any other state but Michigan, like I'm literally the guy who went out there and paid people to get her on the ballot. Like, you know, I was the chairperson of the Green Party. So like I'm down for for this kind of shit, you know, to to, to talk about the to take the beating, I guess. But to talk about what I think, you know is is really important stuff and this is how the ball gets moved you know like just to get on my soapbox while, while it's here for me um if you were to look at the stuff that i was talking about in 2008 on the nader campaign that's like verbatim the goddamn democratic party plank and in fact some of them are, are more like conservative i you know what i'm saying like they're not like the, the, the party's already gone further and in 2008 people were talking to me like i was like chairman Mao or some shit you know so but but like this is you know like this is how the ball moves though right is like you know people have to have to push those agendas and um so that's kind of where we're at like i think that when we look at the things that i'm talking about in our in our campaign um in a couple years like they're not going to be crazy i strongly believe that in a lot of other markets hopefully in ours that these reforms just happen you know like i, I don't think it's nuts to want like a, a reference lab for for testing facilities and for there to be standardization so that everybody can feel relatively confident that when they're getting a test, um, a test done somewhere, it's going to be relatively uh, uniform to everyone. And I, I'm open to the idea that there's probably a lot of reform that needs to be done with just like the, the sampling process, right? Like the way it's done needs to be uniform. Like there's a lot of stuff going on there, but like at the very minimum, let's standardize them and have a a reference lab that's not owned by somebody who has a financial interest you know like let's get like a a remediation label for remediated products pa uh, customers and patients will still buy them but i strongly believe like the small guys you know like the the true cannabis of the world like that's a differentiator like if everyone goes to to the store and they see that you don't have to put that on all your shit you know um mm -hmm. and, it, and it's like relatively competitive you know like that's gonna be that's gonna be big for a lot of people and then i think just uh creating the the opportunities to have the the mom and pops even exist and to expand those license classes um you know like in my show the other day we were talking about the the excise grow licenses and it's like if, if laura is willing to do that for <clears throat> for very large grows i think it's it's totally time to and not laura the cra um i think it's totally time to look at like how do we expand these these other classes of licenses to make it because those are the ones that are are easier for for like the the smaller smaller operators people with less capital which is just going to cut no matter what that's going to be former caregivers legacy people like mm -hmm. you know patient advocates that's always going to skew our way like they, they need to be able to have an opportunity to get like a consumption lounge and have it be standalone and actually make money be able to buy <clears throat> like single use dabs or whatever from from the market and, and pre-rolls and stuff and, and resell it at a at an upsell like a bar would you know like so there's a lot of stuff on that just on the the development side that I think that 
I don't know that those guys are going to necessarily do on their own, you know, because like right now um, you just can't even have this job and smoke weed, bro. Like, I don't even think you can work um, at like a high level state department position and, so federal, and not pass federal. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we saw on one of our listservs that we're on that, that was being talked about and uh, the attorney general uh, chimed in and explained it's a federal deal. I think she would prefer to take that away. So that's that's kind of interesting. So there's a, a lot of folks uh, talking about this campaign. Um, speaking of that, like uh, I know when it started and uh, I started sending it to people and then I started getting texts from people that I, you know, I thought it was, everyone knew it was tongue in cheek. We were asking like, well, it's re done really well, but do you think he has a chance? And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like this was a, this is a joke. Like this was, this was a, this was us having fun. No one telling yeah, us we can't yeah. do stuff, you know. And this uh, guy takes dabs and, on the internet. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. this is chances aren't very good. But like I thought it would be maybe ten per ten percent might think it's real and ninety, but I think it was the other way. Um, Dude, so, what do you and, mean he's the front runner? I, no uh, right now, he is the front runner. You know, get no out. Competition. Get no competition. No competition. Yeah. No. I mean, just watch like just the picture at the end. With I thought was enough with the but uh. So how is, what has that been like? I know it's brought up some interesting, uh, maybe emotions yeah, for you. Like, for sure, uh, man. <laughs> like, like at first, at first I was like, oh man, like I hope people know that I know this isn't how this actually, like, you know what I mean? Like, this isn't <laughs> yeah. how it's gonna actually play out. But you know what, man, what's, uh, <laughs> what's been awesome and, and really honestly, like really humbling is uh, people do reach out to me and I think they're all over the range of like what, where they think this is going, you know? But like for the most part, there's, like people are down for that shit. Like I don't even think many of them are are down for me as much. I don't think the, like they'd give a shit. I honestly, really, I think a lot of it's like what uh, like Adam Brooks said, right? Like I'm just a guy, man. I'm just I'm just the guy who's here saying this shit. Like the, these ideas and like this this concept that you know this is a community and like we have like our own like that's that's not like something I came up with, right? Like Jamie Lowell and and Rick and and Ryan and all all you guys told me like taught me that shit when I when I came into this community. Like this is something that's existed before me and like um respecting that and honoring that and like trying to promote that in our legal industry like that's that's new but only because our, our legal industry is new so I, I strongly believe that there's a lot of people who are just down for this shit outside of me and and like there's always going to be someone to to be that person and it's just me right now but i i think like talking to them like people are like yeah why not you bro like you know you you do legitimately know about like all of the shit you know like um You've licensed people you've done stuff for for cra like as far as like on a, the, the business end of it like you know what stuff's supposed to look like and you know what pe like people tell you their complaints and then also people just want somebody that they honestly believe is going to be like looking out for for it's not some bullshit. like i want everybody in the in the group of stakeholders to do well you know i want the consumers to do really well obviously i want the patients to be served above all else and and I want the, the industry to be successful and sustainable. And I think that only happens if you have like a, a, a set of rules that doesn't favor anybody. And if anything, can uplift the, the former caregivers and legacy folks and small business operators, you know? Yeah, no, that's uh, it's been been pretty, pretty uh, interesting. Now, um, what what uh, what do you got planned? I mean, what, what do you got planned next? I mean, the way the way I kind of see it is do you think there's going to be a challenger that comes out and starts doing videos against you? Or is it going to be just a, a one man show until the, uh, un, until after the election and <laughs> someone gets appointed? <laughs> 
you know, man, I, I don't know. I would, uh, I would actually welcome the debate, you know, like, like the MCMA, like should put up like Shelly, Shelly Ogerton or something, you know, like I'd be down, like mm -hmm. that would be a good one, you know, um, it might actually be, you know what, I'll actually invite her on the chat watch. It might be a good opportunity for them to get their, their position out there. Cause they're always talking mad shit now. Like, Oh, we're different now. It's not, yeah. it's not like that anymore. You know, like speaking of that, then I'll, I'll let uh, Nate and Kevin jump in here. I'm talking away here. Um, you know, like, uh, without naming any names, I know there's a lot of, uh, there's multiple, multiple companies now that are concerned about uh, being in the crosshairs of, uh, of the old Chad Watch show. So, you know, that's, it's interesting that that's, it's taken place. And it's, uh, you know, it's not always like, just like with, uh, you know, the MCMA and the remediation, it's not always the consumer, but it is the people running the stores and the employees want to feel proud about where they work. So, um, you know, what a, you got anything to say on that that you want to say? For sure, man. So one, um, anybody, if you want to be helpful right now, you can hit me up for my Venmo and we can get the legal defense fund going. Cause uh, <laughs> definitely uh, we're going to get, we're going to get that. Cause there's definitely going to be some stuff. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, ultimately like this isn't like news to anybody. Like people don't like when you tell people they're doing bad shit, you know, um, at the end of the day. And like to this day, man, to, like, anywhere I've ever been and, and like seriously like I've had like aneurysms and dispensaries basically over like Beardus and shit not one time ever and I be, and I, I swear I swear to God I've looked into someone's eye who tests with them and said bro this sucks you're kind of a sellout piece of shit for this you shouldn't do this you know and like not one time has anyone ever pushed back and been like I don't know bro I think it's totally okay like you know it's morally fine like every time they're like but dog the THC you know like you know like it's not even the people that use them aren't pushing back and being like I don't know bro you're totally in the wrong these are like super good guys like everyone's like yeah no fuck these guys but you know like the the business or money or, or my greed or whatever you know what I mean like mm -hmm. the it's it's no, I mean they're pretty honest about it you know so I think that like or they'll try to like make me feel bad they'll be like oh what about my stable of uh, Mercedes back home, bro? Like we got bills and like all my employees and, uh, you know, like, uh, so no one's ever, so that, that leads me to believe, man, that like, I, I'm not like completely stepping out of line. Like I'm not like shitting on people and just being mean to them to, for meanness sake, like as far as I'm concerned, and it's, it's, it's something that's been pretty upfront and known about me. Like if you test with Beardus, like dog, like you're, it's that it's, we're you know we're not on good terms i'm gonna make fun of you and like throw your products away on my instagram and like it's gonna be super super not cool and like you're at least gonna have to like hit me up and be like bro can you stop doing it here in my extenuating circumstances like you know i, I don't know i'm, I'm almost swollen because like I'm, I'm the last person dying on this hill basically in our industry is like i'm almost willing to just be like just donate to charity i guess i don't you know what i mean like i don't even know just like wash their names not put them on the show like um <laughs> you know so yeah people people are getting mad but i mean um as we get more more people talking about it i, I really am hoping that it turns into people going to the store and and the purchaser saying like hey man you know like i can't do this like at the very least some guy's gonna make fun of me on the internet but at the very most like you know 10 or 12 people are gonna come in and, and complain about it and that's kind of what we're that's the whole point of all of this is to kind of take some of that power away from like just a few people in the industry and spread it around to consumers, um, people who work in our industry that are ideologically aligned and, you know, give them the, the platform to, to say, Hey man, like, like 
I don't like this is wrong. Like we shouldn't put a penny in these guys' pocket because I think we're going to find out later that they were probably not just hurting like the people that we talk about when we talk about the whole Beardus guys, but but now like a whole bunch of other people, like you know, like a whole new class of people that they're like carelessness and and just uh, hubris, really, you know, uh, that that created, you know. So like I don't know, I'm that's, I'm pretty transparent. That's one, one that's my big. That's my big issue, I think. Like that just seems so wrong for especially people from our constituency to to mess with them like that, you know, after they they hurt our community so hard, you know. And they're probably hurting our community even more now with their super, super dubious test policies and just the way that they do testing, you know. I think it's bad for the industry. Yeah, Chris, uh, I, I totally agree on your take on that. You know, whenever I've talked to anybody that's uh, that's tested with Beardus and I give them shit, I get the exact same response. Like, dude, what am I supposed to do? Like, um, you know, we're trying other companies, but like, you know, like they keep screwing up our tests and they're not as high a THC with them and, you know, things like that. And it's it's incredibly frustrating. And, and you know, you, you've touched on three incredibly valid points and to me dude when i first saw this stuff i, I mean it immediately to me I, I i thought it was absolutely brilliant you know and i have gotten the calls over and over like dude is this is this guy serious is he really running for cr and like it doesn't fucking work that way like you know like it's, it's it, you got to recognize the brilliance in this this is not this is not about that but it's about directing attention to the cause and correcting uh the wrongs but you know, I, I kind of look at this thing where we're so far down the road and things are so jacked up that it's like, to me, it's almost like our, our national government. Like, I almost feel like it needs to be retore down and just started over. Like, the basis of it is so jacked, you know. Um, you know, the monopolies on things, um, you know, setting up across the street from a mom and pop and selling $700 pounds, like, just to try to tank the market intentionally. You know, I think that this is going to take, like, a, a real big undertaking for whoever the next person is. And, um, you know, I think that that would be cool to, to develop this even further and dig into the, the, the pure structure of this and what we think we can do to correct that portion because, you know, systemically it's an issue. I, I think there's a lot of people that are like, you know, like, well, what am I supposed to do? I'm going to go broke if I don't do this. You know what I mean? And I think that that's got to be fixed before we can fix the problem of, of, of just testing with, with these bad actors, you know? No, for sure, man. That's that's the thing too. And I, you know, whenever whenever I'm on my show, I'm a lot more like worked up. I guess I'm now finding out. But like, uh, I I totally get I get people's uh, people's objections and and stuff. And you know, if you're watching the show and like you are testing with Beardus and this is going on, like hit me up. There's other labs that uh, that cook the THC too. It ain't it ain't just them. But they're just the only dirty cops. So, <laughs> you, you know, you know what I mean. Like uh, like we we can talk. But uh, so that's you know, there's there's you know that's that's seriously what i say to him too but it is hard i, I get it like it's it's a rough market out there and, and i tend to agree with you that i think a lot of the stuff that that even that i'm talking about in my policy platforms unfortunately those are just like the the most problematic symptoms of the actual problem which is the system's not perfect and the way that it was rolled out and developed kind of uh kind of like gave way to these uh to these just kind of like fucked up situations that kind of can can kind of be created when the market is as free and then as not free as it is in our situation where like you know where, where dispensaries are so limited and hard to come by and because of virtue of what they are they turn into like this real estate land rush and it, it keeps a lot of people out or the way that they're selected is like nebulous you know so like you have one thing that's super tightly regulated and controlled and not that many 
And then you couple that with a system where like, it's like fucking Oprah with grow licenses. You know what I mean? Like, well, just everybody's got like a shitload of them more than they can do, uh, more than they can handle. So the capacity is so, so high. So those, those two kind of conflicting things, you know, man, like they like, they just, they just destroy the market, bro. You know, and it puts everyone in like a really tough set of circumstances. So it's not, it's not lost on me, but I, I also, I think that doing the right thing is always the best business. And, um, on some of these people, not all of them, because a lot of them are my homies, but like some of these people, I'm like, man, like if you need to do this to fucking make it, like, I don't know, man, like me personally, I would be like, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'd think about like, this isn't, I'm not going to make it, you know? And, and that sometimes that happens, it's just, uh, which is tough. I, I just want it to happen more to the bad actors, obviously, you know? You know, Chris, you make a lot of good points and it was, it was a lot of fun doing this campaign with you and what started out essentially as a meme. And then, you know, within a week, we're in Detroit Metro times on it was quite the, quite the roller coaster of emotions to get through. <laughs> but I, I really do concur that you, you bring up so many good points about this stuff. And what's frustrating to me, you know, and having you know, forced myself to bud tend a little bit just to understand the industry, you know, more on a, on a front lines kind of view is a lot of times the THC is deceptive to consumers, but a lot of times what I feel is happening is there's just this like, hurry up, just do the bad shit, just get through it, just move through, you know, we'll train people to do this, we'll buy, you know, cannabis, we'll know prices going down, consumers just want to see cheaper cannabis. And then people are trying to like roll over what's actually happening. And that's how we get, you know, like over 50% of the customers coming in saying, uh, what's your highest THC sativa gummy or, or just some goofiness like this. And there's a lot of people that have never experienced cannabis before in their life that are now being trained to purchase cannabis on THC percentage and indica sativa hybrid. And it's, it, it's causing so many problems down the road where these individuals have no tools in their chest to shop for cannabis effectively, right? You know, I, 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 talk, I we give a lot of props to local roots always in Langsburg for, for what they're doing, but they, they truly do um, take that time and effort to make that happen. On the same end of these very busy stores that are super high traffic, a lot of times there's this pressure on bud tenders, just get them in, get them out, get them in, get them out. Like if they don't know, it doesn't matter, get their purchase, get them to buy our expensive, our most expensive THC strain and get on to the next person. So it's this like tug of war between education and just caving to the pressure of moving numbers to keep everybody paid. So what are your thoughts on that kind of dynamic in Michigan? No, it's tough, man. I mean, it's really, really tough. We, we, we touched on that a little bit on, on the show yesterday, but like the, the big thing for all of this too, man, is like a couple big things happened like during this, like uh, this process, right? Is like the COVID thing that really, I think like that kind of cemented a lot of the THC shit because for a lot of these customers, you know, um, most of the flour on the market was unbranded, um, just just bulk flour, right? And so like for, for most people, they literally were just picking this off of a list of the strain name, maybe a picture of it, you know? Um, and then the THC, right? And so this is how most consumers were making um, these choices for like a long time under COVID, you know? And like uh, even after, even now, like some stores are like, oh, we're not really cool with you. Like looking at or touching or smelling anything, you know? So like, there's like a, a lot of things going on that are kind of re reinforcing that with the, with the, with the customer base, you know? So it's going to be a really hard thing to, to, to kind of like lean back. Right. Cause like the, or especially like you said, the stuff with volume and stuff, like I know, I know some stores that still like on high volume days will only be like pre-order, you know? So that's like a hundred percent what we're talking about just like going through a list high thc so it's it's gonna be really tough and i think ultimately 
it'll probably be the <clears throat> people making that that like a like a like a inherent choice to 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 slow things down to have to run their stores it's gonna have to be somebody who's like vertically integrated who sees this problem you know and is like okay you know what we need to figure out a way as much it is it is fun to do like just absolute run and gun just get as many people in pre-order i love that model i pioneered that model at farmhouse it, it's great right but like um long term i think it's probably better how do you slow that down how do you get them into the store how do you get a conversation going and like be able to teach them shit, show them stuff you know like that's a because then, then then you're going to have an easier consumer base to to offload your your you know flower based on real quality standards not like some some number right like so it's going to be people making that that effort to to kind of do that and it's just uh the market's not really set up for that right now bro like you know like there's a lot of like standalone retailers like they don't give a shit like that you know they're just trying to to get revenue honestly so they can just sell it anyways you know what i mean and so they're not they don't they don't have like an interest in like oh how do we slow down the thc thing and broaden it out to like just more skews of good flour or, or so it's you know it's it's gonna take maturity in the market i guess is what i'm saying i think i think it's gonna take time for for those people to to have a need to do that you know if that makes sense uh, totally. So next question, and I'm going to put you on the spot here. Um, what's what's next? What's the next uh, next video concept, press conference, charity event, fundraiser? What's what's next on the menu? Um, yeah, you know, so I have had people like hit me up and be like, oh, let me donate to the campaign. And I'm like, ooh, bro, this is a troll. Hold on a sec. You know, uh, <laughs> you know, like, let's like if we're going to give money out, like, let's let's like, I'd like to do maybe like something for for Glenn or the foundation or something, you know, and try to try to do like a like an event and get people to show up we'll pull like a, a a press conference we'll make fun of some chads and stuff and, and raise some money for uh for 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 a good a good for our for, for our community yeah, for yeah for people that need their records expunged because the michigan state police crime lab was for probably over a decade not been able to differentiate between cbd and THC and you know and it's uh it actually it is all correlated and uh I don't know like you brought up a lot of good points um of people uh just trying to make it but um you know for everyone that was around and, and saw what saw what uh what those guys did with the crime lab uh, and now what they're doing uh it looks like they might have been doing too and just to gleefully at times ruin people's lives take their kids away Put people in jail, put them the scarlet letter around around their neck, and then uh, to come back in and, and do what they're doing. You know, it's one thing if they were in, uh, came in to Michigan, you know, and opened up and uh, just tried to run an, an honest business. But like, they're uh, I, it's crazy. I, this is probably the biggest surprise for me and one of them in the Michigan cannabis market that we're dealing with this, and that so many of my old like homeboys uh, are testing with them and saying, oh, it's not my fight, but we are sitting on a house of cards. What happens? You know, there's a lot of taxes due in October. Uh, concentrate prices are about to drop even more with, with all this biomass. They're running at a negative. Eventually people are, you know, the brads and thads of the world are gonna, you know, like their, their, their money backers are gonna come calling and then what happens per se if there is um, a recall and 60 70 percent of the flower on the market is recalled that that's another catastrophic event so um i guess my point is uh is i think we're just uh we're on the cusp of seeing some pretty crazy stuff happen and that we'll remember 
the rest of our lives in the Michigan market, and it's, it's going to happen, I believe, this fall. So um, any one of those things are going to are going to change things up. But another point is on uh, I do I do like your idea of having to be vertical. The only thing is that we do see. Um, some standalone grows, some standalone processors, and some standalone stores doing it. But they're they're all they're all in. They're running their business and they're they're sharp. Um, but we've also seen some verticals where um, they're one part of the vertical is doing great, and the other part they're running like crap, and it's bringing down the whole company. So pretty pretty wild times. And I was just discussing with a, an economics teacher this morning, like. The models that end up making it that do and don't and uh you know um i think this campaign can uh follow right along with all these uh these twists and turns so it's not not really a a question chris but you know um i just wanted uh, to kind of kind of point that out and really excited about uh you know what we got going on and and what we're gonna see next so i'm sure there's uh, quite a few things up our sleeves so um, with that, I want to uh, um, kind of you know, hit, hit the deadline here. I wanted to let everyone uh, say hello and goodbye. I know we wanted to jump in with Jamie uh, today. So with that, uh, Kevin, uh, why don't you, uh, do you have any final thoughts? Yeah, I just uh, want to thank Chris for coming on the show and, and thanks for taking up this, uh, this campaign, dude. It's like I said, when I first saw it, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. And I think you guys have, have absolutely knocked it out of the park. Um, so yeah, keep up the good work, dude. Uh, you've always got my support. You're a great dude and uh, great friend of the show, and, and we really appreciate you, brother. Thank you very much, man. Thank. You know, Chris, it's been awesome to be able to work with you on this and kind of take two wildly different backgrounds, and as we said early on, merge them into this you know amazing you know professional level troll on some stuff. So um, it's been great to see that happen. Obviously, I support everything you're doing. And um, I can't wait to, to see what you do next. I think it, uh, I think you're just getting started on some things and this has got a really good, really good bones to keep going. Awesome. Thanks, man. Um, thank you, uh, Kevin. I appreciate the, that and Nate, your kind words. Ryan, man, thanks so much for having me on the show and for just kind of everything you did, you know, man, like uh, R Ryan actually got me and my wife, our first jobs in the industry, like back in, in 2015 on like a, just his good word. And um, both of us have just been super fortunate and um, just really, really glad to be able to work with a bunch of good people and kind of a bunch of people in our network and just to be able to have this this community and, and all support each other. So we're just really appreciative for all of you and uh i'm really appreciative for everybody's you know, kind words and everyone hitting me up on instagram and um you know thank you to everybody and um all you guys and my wife for putting up with my bullshit um because this can be <laughs> this can be wild um and yeah thanks everybody so much appreciate it um and with that i kind of want to have a fun little exit uh it's great having you on and you know you uh you talk about the uh, uh specific set of skills we uh we have been honing them for for years and uh, we won't get into all the different uh, behind the scenes things that we've done politically and 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 other things but it's been it's been you know almost it's just been you know something we've loved to do so now we do have an organization that the ability you know with with Nate's skills and and, and everyone else to uh, you know we've become a professional trolling organization if we need to be and uh, I just wanted to make one point to all the, the Brads and Thads and Chads out there listening. 
that if you do send us letters to our, our legal team or anything like that, uh, we always get to turn around and get discovery on you. So think about that. All right. With that, I'll see you next week. <laughs> the Smoke and Rope podcast is produced and hosted by me, Ryan Basor, the owner of Redemption Cannabis. Have ideas for episode topics or would like to be a guest on the show? Contact us at ryanb at redemptioncanna.com. Thanks for being along for the journey.